Welcome to the Sports Business Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Berger. You can find the Sports Business Radio Podcast 15 years, over 600 episodes featuring conversations with the biggest names in sports like David Stern, Pete Carroll, Chris Everett, Jeannie Buss, Michael Vick, Andre Iguodala, Mark Cuban, Tom Rinaldi, Charles Barkley, Jack Nicholas, Lindsey Vaughn, Eric Spolstra, Aaron Rodgers, and Steve Nash on iTunes or at sportsbusinessradio.com. Subscribe, rate, and review the Sports Business Radio podcast on iTunes, and everyone who posts a review on iTunes will be eligible to be selected to join us in our studio audience at one of our Sports Business Radio roadshows presented by Boingo. And we're also on Spotify now, so you can find us there. Follow us in between podcasts on Twitter at SB Radio. We've been named a top 50 followed by Forbes.com for three consecutive years. And on Instagram at Sports Business Radio. Well, thanks for joining us on this edition of Sports Business Radio. Griggs and I are in New York City. We were here for the 2019 Sports PR Summit. I was on stage yesterday with David Stern. We had Grant Hill at our event, uh, Nastia Lucan, Brody Van Wagnen, the GM of the Mets. Just uh, a great day at the Players' Tribune. But the thing that tops everything is today is Brian Griggs's 40th birthday. Griggs, it's a milestone birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. And I couldn't, I mean, spending it in New York City, it's beautiful, like 75 and sunny today. It's awesome. The event was great. It's been a great week. And we've uh, once again killed it with the food. Yes. We went to Italy. <laughs> Uh, we just had some birthday cake for you. Uh, pizza. New, New York, York style, pizza. of course. Yeah, we're going to have to figure out uh, a place to celebrate the big 4-0 for dinner tonight. Yep, it'll be fun. It's uh, It's been a great trip so far, so I'm happy to be spending it here. We went by the NBA store earlier, yep. which was uh, across from where we recorded this interview with uh, Mark Miles, the CEO of IndyCar, which I think you'll enjoy that conversation. Indy 500 coming up this Sunday, so... There in the news, uh, Christian Bale, Matt Damon starting the race, some star power Love by it. IndyCar. Yeah, the interview's great with Indy, too. I mean, there's some cool stories that Mark shares and just some uh, good insight that you don't really think about with car racing, so it's, it's a good one. Yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, some other things, too. Uh, Sports PR Summit, we both wore our Mizzen and Main dress shirts. And usually at Sports PR Summit, by the end of the day, I've been running around so much, my cotton shirt is drenched. Yep. <laughs> uh, I can't wait to change out of my clothes. It's just not a good deal. Yesterday, my Mizzenu main shirt, dry the whole day, flexible, comfortable. I didn't care if I changed out of it or not. It was really great. And, you know, just going through a day like yesterday shows the value of the Mizzen and main dress shirt. So thank you to them. They also provided dress shirts for our VVIP men who were on stage. We provided our ladies with another gift, but uh, I know you wore your dr- yeah. your Mizzen and Main dress shirt, too. My first experience with Mizzen and Main shirt, and uh, truthfully, it is an amazing shirt. I yeah. mean, they look great. They they last all day long. They you know The wrinkles don't come in halfway through the day. No, it's pure the whole way through. And yeah, I was cool the whole day. The, the moisture wicks away. I really love the shirt. It's great. I was like a, a walking ambassador for Mizzen and Main <laughs> yeah. yesterday, because I was like, people are like, wow, your shirt looks really nice. It's true. It's not wrinkled. And I was like, and I'm not sweating either. Yeah, no, that's great. So if you wear like sportswear, performance fabric, that's what this dress shirt is. So you're comfortable in it and no sweat. And it was great. But gosh, I wish we could have recorded and played the David Stern (laughs) interview because he had so so many great stories. He's still so sharp. Yep. Uh, 
he and I have a great relationship. If you've listened to this show for a long time, you've heard some of our conversations. And, you know, now that he's not commissioner anymore, he's unfiltered. Yep. He talked about Russell Westbrook and what he thought of the next question, next question press conference that he's done. Um, talked about the NCAA. Yep. He said the three biggest things coming up in his opinion were sports gambling, esports, and cannabis. And I think he said, uh, I'll be paying attention or participating to two of the three. <laughs> so, but he's just, he's really sharp. Um, he talked to us about the malice from the palace and how that might have played today with social media. And then also what they did at that time. He was at home on a Friday night having a peanut butter and jelly sandwich that yep. I guess was, uh, banned by his wife, he would have gotten in trouble if she had seen it. But that's where he was when the malice at the palace broke out. And then it was like, okay, you're in crises mode having to put out this fire. Um, but he shared some really poignant stories and it was great to have him there. And, you know, he's a friend now. So I was proud to have him at, at sports PR summit. Grant Hill was great. Sometimes you meet people in person for the first time and they disappoint how you've built them up in your mind. And, he was a class act and pleasure having him at the event. So all in all, uh, it was a really fun day. It was a great event and, uh, the, the players should be did a good job hosting and the, the venue's great. I mean, you're looking over, you know, Statue of Liberty's down there and it's Hudson just, River. Hudson River. It was beautifully sunny. So we were out on the balcony. It was just a cool experience. And yeah, I mean, Stern, Grant Hill, all the guests were just so on point and so nice and friendly and just gave some great insight to everybody there. If you want to see some pictures from the day, go to sportsprsummit.com. Or either on Instagram or Twitter, the handle is at Sports PR Summit. It'll give you a, a glimpse of what our day looked like if you weren't able to attend. Well, I hope you enjoy this interview with IndyCar CEO Mark Miles. Open Doors helps athletes share content on social. Founded in 2012 by two former Nebraska football players, Open Doors has become the world's leading athlete marketing platform. More than 6,000 athletes around the world use Open Doors to receive content from partners and publish to their personal social channels like Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all with one click. Open Doors makes it easier than ever before for brands, including sponsors and licensees and properties, to push approved content through the player's social channels. Leading sports organizations like the PGA Tour, NFL Players Association, Major League Baseball Players Association, the LPGA, and dozens of professional and collegiate sports teams use the platform to send video highlights, photos, GIFs, and more to athletes. The publishing process is very easy and convenient. Once registered, athletes receive a text message when their team, league, or brand partner has content for them to share on social media. The athlete simply reviews the content and hits approve. Open Doors does the rest. If you're an athlete, start using Open Doors as a tool today to build your personal brand and maximize your value on social media. If you're a brand trying to connect with athletes who you thought you'd never be able to gain access to on your own, Open Doors is your solution. Open Doors makes athletes more accessible to the people who support them. Visit opendoors.com or follow them on social media at opendoors. Joining us now on the Blinder Guest Line is IndyCar CEO Mark Miles. Blinder is the way high-performance teams connect their talent with the media and fans. It lets communications managers provide unprecedented access to their athletes, entertainers, and executives while respecting everyone's privacy and time. Blinder makes phone calls magic. 
Request a demo today at blinderhq.com backslash SB radio. My guest is Mark Miles. He is the CEO of IndyCar, the Indy 500 coming up this Sunday. One of the, the biggest races in our country's uh, history. And uh, Mark, thanks for joining us on Sports Business Radio. Yeah, I feel like I'm playing hooky because normally I'd be in Indianapolis, but I'm really glad to be here with you and talk yeah, to you. Yeah, we're listeners. recording this uh, in New York City and uh, great day today, beautiful weather here. And one of the things, the, the news that came out this week that uh, I was excited about, you've got Christian Bale and Matt Damon starting the Indy 500. That's pretty good. Two big names. Yeah, no, it, it you know, it, it's coming back to higher heights in lots yeah. of ways as an event. One of the barometers or the data points, I suppose, is, is Hollywood or, or culture. And, uh, I remember hearing from, uh, one of our drivers that when he saw Lady Gaga with Mario Andretti getting out to do the two-seater in a fire suit, for him it was the beginning of the understanding that, that, uh, this is now the place to be again. And those guys, uh, they're great. They, um, they're coming with an entourage. I bet. They are race fans. I mean, they really want to see it and, what better vantage point than high above the, the start-finish line. So do they do two-seaters? Do they get in the cars when they're coming in? I bet they want to experience. Yeah, no, cars. for sure. I, I frankly don't know if they're scheduled for two-seaters because we don't. We really can hardly do any on race day. Right. So they got to kind of be in there Saturday morning, and I'm not yeah. sure if they're getting in early enough. But I, you just got to believe they're candidates for it, whether it's here or on a, a street course or a road course somewhere else. Later. Right. Well, it's smart for you guys because, like you said, they, they're Hollywood. They have fans all over the world. It brings their social media audience and everything to what you're doing. So I like when sports entities bring people from other cultures or entities and bring their audience. I think it's smart that you guys are doing that. We, we try to do that to the maximum extent. We sort of stay away from cross-promotion, cross if you will, with politics. Right. You know, we don't need to be a political event. Yeah. But if it's sports, other sports, other uh, sports personalities, if it's other media, um, if it's Hollywood, um, we want them there. Are you on social media? I'm not. we got to get you on social media. Your first post can be you with Christian Bale and Matt Damon cool. at the Indy 500. You know, every I think about it all the time. Every year I talk to my uh, adult sons about whether I should be. <laughs> and for like six straight conversations, six years, they say, Dad, you're a curmudgeon. Of course you got to be on social media. And then a year ago, I ask again. I don't know why I keep thinking about it. And one of them says, no, Dad, you don't, you don't need to do that. And I said, well, for five years, whatever, you've said yes. Now you're saying no, what changed? And he said, well, you know, I thought about it. I just don't think you need to read all that. <laughs> I said, well, what do you mean? He said, you know, it's not all flattering. Well, give me an example. And he said, his favorite was the guy who posted, um, what kind of an idiot dyes his eyebrows but not his hair? Oh, <laughs> and I thought, well, if it's all that good, I should be on it. I love it. that's pretty wow. Cool. <laughs> yeah, people can be really cruel on there. You have to have thick skin for social yeah. media. It, it, for me, it, it isn't so much that. It, and I do really value not being surprised by attitudes and opinions and ideas. So yeah. we, we value that a lot. I just don't know how anybody has enough time in the day. I mean, it is all I can do to we use email as a right. as a tool. Sure, and. uh it, you know, it's hard to keep well, up. That's why you have your sons run it for you, right? That's, exactly. That, that, I have a 14-year-old daughter. Whenever I travel and do events, she's my social media slash IT 
expert. They were just born with some kind of gene that allows them to understand how to do this. And I'm like, here's my phone. Take some pictures, post on social media. Yeah. Well, if they heard this, I'm sure now they will be looking for a job. (laughs) See? There you go. All right. They can uh, thank me for setting that up for them. Uh, You've gone all in with NBC, NBC Sports, broadcast, and streaming. How did you come to that partnership? And, you know, some people are going with different entities. You went all in with just that. Why did you just stay strictly with NBC and NBC uh, streaming? Well, we've had, you know, previously had a, a, I don't know, 12-plus year relationship with a different kind of structure mm-hmm. where ABC had the 500, they chose four other events, and then and that so that was exclusivity on broadcast. And then SN, NBC, SN had all the cable. When ABC got done picking, they sort of salted their five events through the through our championship calendar, so from a fan's point of view, it's like where do I look when? Right. You know, if you're talking about the NFL, you know where to look when. Right. Even with there's multiple. And if you're talking about NASCAR, you know the halves of the season, so to yep. speak. In this case, it wasn't very fan friendly, but frankly, even at least as importantly, was how does the network or the broadcast partner promote from race to race? If they do a race, they sit out for two or three. They do a race, they mm-hmm. sit out for one. It's not a foundation, a platform that lends itself to promotion. In the process of finally having the opportunity to make new arrangements, um, uh, NBC convinced us that they would um, look at it as a whole property and they mm-hmm. would value the whole series and obviously the pinnacle of it, um, the Indianapolis 500-mile race. And, you know, I've done a lot of these over the years that this gray hair required. Um, and, and you know, it's in this dating phase, you, you always hear that. Right. And, and you can't really contract for it to some extent. So you don't know, but I cannot, I cannot say strongly enough how they have really over delivered in this way. Yeah. The volume of content they've created, the creativity they brought to the, that process using every part of their, uh, platform from, Entertainment to news to late night to today show, which is not a secret, I guess. We'll know more about that tomorrow if we haven't talked about that yet. Um, to bringing um, uh, celebrities into the race, mm-hmm. um, to buying um, uh, digital tune-in advertising. I mean, they, they they are doing a superb job, and they're doing it in a really collaborative way. So our uh, organization is totally stitched up with theirs can't even imagine how many conversations there are every day to mm-hmm. execute. And I think it's paying off. You know, we were up 21% in audience for the first four races year over year. It's great. And the Grand Prix in Indianapolis two weekends ago now um, was up 32%. So, you know, we'll see what happens in uh, for the 500. That's, that's, the, that's the biggie. Well, I think it's smart because, like you said, one of the most frustrating things for sports fans is when they don't know where to find the programming because it's on this network, it's on this network, and uh, this is consistent. And then the other element of this, my audience knows this, I, about a year ago, went full streaming. Yeah. So I'm full streaming through my Apple TV and you know the fact that you've done a streaming deal because a lot of entities now are doing broadcast deal separate streaming deal the fact that you did both deals with the same partner i think also makes it very consistent and and probably much easier for your fans to find you and gives you know our kids you 
said, do you have kids? My daughter, you know, she's watching streaming. She's not watching broadcast. So the younger audience can also find you on streaming. Yeah. And it's an interesting play being on NBC Gold for for these purposes because – on the one hand, you know, it doesn't have our live races. Our races live. They come on uh, on a sort of delayed basis. But really rich content. Every second we got a car on a track for anything, they've got it and, and much more. So in a way, it, it, the content is ideal for the hardcore fan, mm-hmm. but the platform streaming is younger. Right. So we hope that it, it plays well in that way as a, as a platform um, that will make more young people more hardcore fans. You're listening to Sports Business Radio with our guest, Mark Miles, the CEO of IndyCar. When it comes to stadiums and arenas, every sports pro knows wireless wins. And when it comes to the best wireless technology for your venue, look no further than Boingo Wireless. Boingo is the largest operator of indoor wireless networks in the U.S., providing state-of-the-art Wi-Fi and cellular services that power amazing fan experiences. And Boingo makes keeping your stadium connected easy today and in the future. Thinking about 5G? Boingo's expert team helps you carry the ball through a complex technology landscape to deliver wireless solutions that will delight fans and deepen loyalty season after season. Here's another kicker. Boingo is simply the best connected experience for your business. With Boingo, stadiums and arenas enjoy unique operating efficiencies, revenue opportunities, and digital insights into their fan base. That's a win-win. Boingo works with major league sports venues like Soldier Field, Vivint Smart Home Arena, State Farm Arena, and university stadiums like University of Louisville and K-State. Our thanks to Boingo for their continued support of Sports Business Radio. We're excited to showcase how technology is changing the business of sports. If you would like more information on Boingo Wireless, visit boingo.com or email sports at boingo.com. Now, back to Sports Business Radio with our guest, Mark Miles. One more thing on the broadcast side. Uh, I love at the races when technology takes us inside the car, takes us to the pits. Can you give us a little bit of a preview of the Indy 500 this weekend? Is there anything new that you guys are trying, a different perspective, different camera angle that fans can look forward to well generally before we get to the car i would just say with nbc and our our television production company ims production imsp um there's just more of everything Mm -hmm. so there's more talent more commentators more pit reporters that they are scouring lots of access this huge yeah exactly you we want the viewer to to be there and have have the effect of walking everywhere Mm -hmm. um so more cameras and uh, you know much more complicated um, in the cars, I'm not sure that there's anything really new. We're really happy with the in-car camera setups. They generally have three cameras in each car that has in-car. we got to do some sort of bandwidth expansion to be able to get to the place where every car um, has that in-car camera right. uh, uh, constellation. But I think it's going to be cool. It's a great way to watch the race. Um, uh, the, when I think about technology, there's that, you know, what it looks like from the car. But this kind of goes to our new title sponsorship with NTT. So NTT, its biggest uh, subsidiary in the States, is NTT Data, and they're a technology development company. And globally, they have aspirations for things like uh, smart cities to take all the data you can imagine pulling together and help operators and municipalities 
make the place better for the citizens mm-hmm. and the visitors. So, you know, massive challenge, and they are incredible. And so, <clears throat> it, you know, we've only had the relationship for four months or five. We're in the stages of really doing deep analysis with them of our platform, what digital transformation looks like. And eventually out of that will come, here are the first three, four, five things beyond the app, which they created for us in record time, that we want to bring to the sport. And my mentality about that is, okay, I love the racing and we want to take care of the teams, but the resources we can commit are going to be about making it better for fans. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think racing, our racing in particular, is extreme sport. It's technical in so many ways. And so um, when we can put in your hand at the track or otherwise, everything. Right. That in-car camera view you talked about, data, you know, by car. Um, Graphically, I can imagine seeing uh, the lines drivers choose and comparing. I mean, just just think ML BAM, right? Right. There's so much content that can be so engaging for fans when we – when we get a little more cutting edge in delivering it. So that was going to be another thing I was going to ask you about is the change from Verizon to NTT data. Uh, that's a big win for you guys. I'm sure you had conversations with numerous companies about being the, the title sponsor. How did you arrive with them? Was it because of what you just described with the whole you know partnership and what they can provide for you? And frankly, I think it's a win for them because I've never heard of them. Yeah. So the fact that they're now with you, that raises them on my radar because I hadn't heard of them before. Well, so. they were hoping that would be true. Yeah, they, there you go. It. So um, I think the background was really pivotal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they'd been on the number 10 car with Ganassi for a few, since 2012, I think. Okay. And, um, and, and this was not – so NTT – is like kind of Verizon and ATT all rolled up into one in Japan. Okay. It's Nippon as in Japan. Got it. Telegraph and telephone. There isn't a soul in Japan that doesn't know NTT. Huh. It is everywhere. Um, so uh, it was originally kind of the state-owned provider of communications hmm. from telegraph to telephone. Um, now they're a hundred and whatever, ten or twelve billion dollar a year company, and their biggest division outside of Japan is NTT Data. In the U.S., they're headquartered in Plano, Texas, and they do what I was talking about: uh, technology development. So they're not looking to be Apple or Chevy, a consumer-facing brand. They want everybody who ever um, could be a customer in terms of a making a purchasing decision for technology services to know who they are. And I think they're in pretty good place already with NTT data in that regard. But now the Japanese parent company, NTT, wants to kind of create a C-suite level awareness that okay. that's the parent brand. Yeah. So you'll see, so that was their strategy that um, IndyCar in particular is a great platform for introductions to, to business leaders. When, when you know any sport, I'm sure would be thinking largely the same. You think about the rights fee you get; that's just a fact. But that's part of it. Then what? Right? What do they bring to it? Mm-hmm. We talked about what NBC's brought to right. the relationship. So you either hope for a great um, consumer-facing brand that will take y- your property, the sport, mm-hmm. and really elevate it in the awareness levels of of fans, consumers. 
or a company like this one where they bring something else. And, and our right. aspirations for being cutting edge for the way we go to market in terms of the technology that we have is, is where we're really excited about the, the relationship. That's great. Uh, listeners of the show know that last year I had the extreme pleasure of climbing into a two-seater. And that really, you know, I, I'm still an athlete. I grew up an athlete. I'm adventurous. So when that was offered to me, I was like, wow, I can't pass this up. And I rode with uh, Ari Leindyke Jr. And it was phenomenal. But it gave me a greater appreciation for, A, the conditioning and the stamina that is involved. But, you know, at the Indy 500, maybe explain to people, you have to be in really good shape to do that race and i mean whether it's your core or your neck because bouncing around a little bit it's it's pretty i'm not going to say grueling but it's a test of your your stamina for sure for sure and respectfully i'm glad you did it it's the coolest thing i did <laughs> yeah. Mar- mario andretti took me in the two-seater at oh, the wow. Oval. you know so that's just a check yeah. that box that's yeah. a, a huge thing um, when you roll, you have to do that, right? Like, yeah, it was, it was required, right? <laughs> Although I haven't done it on a street or road course yet. And okay. I think physically that's, it may not be, you know, it's not the same speed, raw speed, but I think it's probably physically even more demanding. Look, they're pulling like six G's yeah. most of the time. And so that's six times your body weight pushing you around for two, three hours. Right. So you're right. This is not, uh, uh, a, a sport for the casual athlete. Right. These guys work out really, really hard. They're all incredibly fit. They're not looking for body mass and they don't, they don't look like a linebacker. They're smaller, but they are fit. And in order, and I think a, a, a jet pilot would tell you the same thing. Core, um, neck, mm-hmm. um, in our case, arms, wrists, hands. Yes. Everything through there. And then, of course, reflexes. But, right. um, I, I it wasn't clear to me that how hard those guys have to work out yeah. and how fit they have to be and even if they have a little fun in the off season they're pretty straight and narrow uh during the race season and I just have enormous admiration for them they're they're you know they're they're committed accomplished athletes they're great spokespersons for the mm-hmm. sport I I don't know another sport where the athlete is so accessible and frankly so eager yeah. To help grow the sport. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and they're good at it. You know, they can be in New York at a private client reception or they can be at the children's hospital and, and come across equally well. Yeah. I saw, uh, Mario Andretti. He was also there with Ari and he's Benjamin Button. He, he that guy does not age. He's amazing. He looks in phenomenal shape. When I saw him in person, I was like, he looks like he did 25 years ago. He looks like a movie star. He, he, so, you know, obviously, I think it's great that he's still involved. And when you think of IndyCar, his name is synonymous with IndyCar, such a you know, decorated, historic figure in IndyCar racing. So the fact that he's still offering two-seater rides and can be an ambassador, I think it's great. And it kind of connects yesteryear to today and all the great racers that you, yeah. you have today as which, well. Which is really important to uh, especially our traditional fans. They love the sport. They love its history. Mm-hmm. That connection you just mentioned is 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 a key. Th- th- that family is just just amazing. I mean, yeah. you know, to hear Mario talk about Michael and talk about his grandson Marco right. and what they've all done and the bond that that's created for them. I've been to their place in 
or Mario's place, I guess, in Pennsylvania, and it's kind of a compound, and he points across the horizon. There's Marco's house. And wow. It, 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 they're, they're a phenomenal family. I remember when I got in the two-seater behind him, and you're going pretty fast, and I have to admit, he's going to hate me for this, one of my thoughts was, Okay, Mario, man, stay alert up there. <laughs> you know, my grandfather <laughs> fell asleep at some point uh, each day, and then I thought that's ridiculous. He could do this in his in his sleep, right. right? And then you think, I hope nothing breaks because you're right up there on the wall. Yeah. So he does that to this day uh, effortlessly. Yeah. Well, the thing that I thought about when we were done, so you're out there and it's just us. There's no one else on that when you're doing the two seater, and I was thinking. They have to do this in traffic. There's other cars out there. When they're doing this for 500 miles, you're trying to navigate cars going 185, 200 miles an hour. That's the crazy part. Like what we did was fun for us, but when you're out there in traffic and you're competing and jockeying for position, that must be really difficult. No, you you nailed it. You know, I get... I'm not sure I'm supposed to do this, but once in a while, I I take like a Corvette and drive around the track or somebody will come and... (laughs) And the hey, track's the clear so I can take him. driving around on that. <laughs> well, it might be a parade pace uh, <laughs> uh, Corvette as opposed to the pace car. I don't really want to read about me wadding one of those up. But anyway, you know, I, you can go 135 or something. You feel like you're going fast. But it still feels wide. Right. When you're in, 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 a, in a car uh, yeah. and you're behind Mario Andretti, you have exactly the appreciation you talked about. And then you think... You know, they're going 40-plus miles an hour faster than we mm-hmm. were going. That's a lot. It is. And then they're three abreast. And you know that at those speeds and, and like that and those conditions, that track starts looking really skinny. Yeah. And it's just amazing what they do. You're listening to Sports Business Radio with our guest, Mark Miles, the CEO of IndyCar. I know many of our Sports Business Radio listeners and my friends with pro sports teams fly by private or charter plane. So let me offer you this scattering report that will save you time and money. When flying into or out of New York City, there can often be long delays. That's why you want to fly into the brand new, pristine Republic Jet Center, located in Farmingdale, New York. That's just 30 minutes outside of New York City, making it the airport with the fastest time into Manhattan. Don't get caught up in delays flying into Teterboro or White Plains. Choose Republic Jet Center and you'll experience all the reasons why you chose to fly privately. Republic Jet Center is a full-service, signature-select FBO that delivers an unparalleled level of customer service and safety to the private and charter jet industry. Enjoy Republic Jet Center's luxurious lobby and contemporary lounge in their new 100,000-square-foot facility. The concierge staff will gladly assist you with making any reservations you need while you're in New York City, from ground transportation arrangements, dining reservations, or even helping you with chartering a helicopter flight to Manhattan or the Hamptons. That'd be nice. Their comprehensive white-glove FBO service and premier affiliations are compelling reasons why aircraft owners and operators benefit from selecting Republic Jet Center. Whenever I fly private in or out of New York City for the Sports PR Summit or the Sports Business Radio Roadshow, I now have a terrific new option, Republic Jet Center. For more information, visit RepublicJetCenter.com or call them at 631-881-9520. Follow them on Twitter at Republic Jet Center, and that's C-T-R for center, or on Instagram at Republic Jet Center. Republic Jet Center, the official private airport partner of Sports Business Radio and the Sports PR Summit. 
Now, back to Sports Business Radio with our guest, Mark Miles. So again, Indy 500 coming up. Uh, anything else going on with the race that fans should know about when they turn it on on Sunday? Well, let's see. First of all, I'm glad you asked. I hope they do. So uh, it, it starts, I mean, the race starts just after 1230, I think, uh, uh, Eastern time. And I hope everybody does tune into NBC. Um, no, you know, we, I spent a lot of time in, in uh, tennis. And when, when I think about Wimbledon, you know, the, the gold plate and the royalty and the certain mm-hmm. things are part of that ritual. They come to mind. Ours isn't anything like that, but the aspects of ritual are. And so there'll be a lot that's familiar. Um, the pre-race will be even more grandiose, even more, I think, dedicated to service men and women uh, from this country. That's great. It'll be, um, like I said, um, more deeply accessible to the viewer because of the, the resources that NBC is pouring to it and the eye that they're... Sam Flood and their team uh, bring to how to tell the story. Mm-hmm. I think you'll they'll see more background on the drivers, um, which is great. The, the more you know about the driver, the more engaged you'll be in the sport. So, you know, the other things for us are a little more local. We we get better and better and better, like Indianapolis has been for as, for years at engaging the whole of the region. So there are porch parties, hundreds of porch parties ah. where people in town just go out and buy checkered flags and, and the like and have a Friday night party or a race day party. Mm-hmm. And it's all decked out and checkered. Um, the Humanities Council has poetry contests. The <laughs> Arts Council has contests for or appoints serious artists to do art that might under the theme of, um, you know, welcome to Indy. Mm-hmm. So... It is carpet bombing in central Indiana from a marketing point of view. And our ambition is to extend that, you know, maybe not to quite the same level, but more broadly. So the sponsor Speedway, the convenience store chain is, you know, they have 4,000 stores coast to coast now. Two million people go through their stores every day. If you go to their store, you, on the pump TV, you're seeing their IndyCar relationship. Their associates inside the store have T-shirts now that the uniform is mm-hmm. Speedway and Indianapolis 500. So we're finally getting to the place where partners like that are are kind of lifting our footprint uh, more nationally. Do they still do the milk at the end of the race? Oh, yeah. So tell me the story behind this. And I, I could have researched this, and I apologize for not. But how did that tradition start? I think it was back in the 30s, and the the approach was that, they asked whoever won, right, or asked each driver before he ran, "If you win, what do you want to drink?" Uh huh. And you know, it was whatever it was. It was probably something. You know, anyway, it was whatever it was. So uh, the first driver who started the milk tradition said buttermilk. Okay, it makes me gag. Right, I mean, sorry for the <laughs> buttermilk producers, stuff, yeah. but yeah, you're hot. Five hundred miles in those days yeah. was a day. And he wanted to drink buttermilk when he got out of the car. So that evolved into milk. And it's really funny because, you know, like if you're in Europe and you and they see the milk, they go, what's up with that? Nobody right. drinks milk. Yeah. And they don't like the idea of drinking milk. So it's different. But it's part of this ritual. Yeah, I you love know, it. It's us. It's really cool. Fun story. I was at uh, – uh, the, the names will be uh, reserved. But I was doing a media interview at, at the stock exchange. Okay. With uh, financial media, and I was being interviewed by this attractive lady in high heels, and she uh, 
we finished the interview. I said, just a second, we've got milk for you. Somebody brought me a bottle of milk to give her. She must have thought I was going to douse her with it because she <laughs> just shrieks and, as she could, oh runs off. I go, whoa, no, I'm just going to give you the bottle. Yeah, it's not like the ending of the 500. So the image of uh, swimming yeah. in it is pretty well, widely held. Yeah, no, it's just it's a very unique thing to the Indy 500. So yeah. I, was, I was wondering uh, more about that. Um, before I let you go, tell people a little bit about your background. We probably could have started here with that in the, in the interview, but you do have an interesting background. And just for people that are wanting to know you a little bit better as the, the leader of IndyCar, give us a little bit of background on you. Well, it's kind of a Forrest Gump story. Okay. You know, during college years and, and for half a dozen years after that, I worked on and then managed a number of political campaigns, including the mayor of Indianapolis and a U.S. Senate campaign. Started a little direct market agency, sold that. At about the time when Indianapolis was beginning to really focus on getting into hosting major sporting events, I got asked to help, this is all volunteer stuff, Mm -hmm. put the bid together to see if we could get the Pan American Games, which we did. Mm -hmm. I got hired to be the first president of the Pan American Games, which was three plus years in so that's kind of the olympics the summer olympics for the western hemisphere today it's kind of gone off the charts but we had thirty-eight thousand volunteers we sold a million tickets it's all the sports of the olympics so think big event uh you know and, and as a volunteer i got involved in my college i played tennis and um we're trying to help improve the indianapolis atp event the men's professional tennis event there so i did that as a volunteer. And uh, the next thing I know, I get asked if I want to go run the men's professional tennis circuit, the mm-hmm. HP Tour, which is very much a global property. There were 85% of the revenues in those days were from outside the states. For 15 years, I was out of the country more than home. Uh, but so that's a league, right? Mm-hmm. And then came home, thought uh, 15 years was enough, went back to Indianapolis, where I'm from. Uh, minding my own business, got asked to go on the board of the company that owns the Speedway and IndyCar. Thought maybe I could help. And then I was asked to chair our Super Bowl. So Indy hosted the Super Bowl in 2012. That worked out pretty well. And then I get asked by the directors, would I consider coming in and, and working there? So, uh, yeah, I'm in my seventh season. You know, to be honest, if you, I grew up in Indianapolis. You used to cut school, get mm-hmm. in the trunk of the car with the beer. <laughs> I won't tell you at what age. <laughs> and it was just this unbelievable atmosphere and party. And, you know, legends like AJ and Mario right. were part of the, part of your deal. But, um, I can't, I can't say I was a, a real motorsports fan. Mm-hmm. In fact, for all those 15 years, I was in Paris at Roland Garros watching the 500 on TV after right. I'd left uh, the tournament. Yeah. But when this came up, I thought, well, I know big events from the mm-hmm. Pan Am Games to a Super Bowl, so that's maybe an Indy. So that kind of translates to the 500 and the Speedway. And a league, you know, whatever the sport, it's making rules, making a schedule, enforcing rules on your own stakeholders, right. promoting, selling sponsorship, doing media deals, trying to get often diverse stakeholders on the same page, and growing it. So the things you do um, are the same. Mm-hmm. The difference, of course, is, you know, uh, rackets, strings, balls, and courts right. versus everything in that car and everything racing-related. But we have fabulous technical teams and engineers and racers that manage that. 
my objective there is just to be knowledgeable enough to ask the right questions. And by the way, those folks are so good. I think our racing is absolutely the best in the world and getting better all the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was a little bit of a reach for me, but I, I thought maybe I could help. And it's been fantastic. It's it, Indianapolis is home for me. I've spent, you know, I've been in, I don't even know how many, well over 100 countries, done business. Um, and there wasn't anything except the technical stuff that was new. And to be able to be part of a team that is growing something that so many people really care about is, is, a, is a great, fun thing to do. Well, they're lucky to have you. Uh, last question for you. Look ahead four or five years. Where do you see IndyCar? What do you want to develop still, whether it's technology, broadcast, cars? Yeah, so in five years, I think we will, uh, you know, we ought to double our, our fan base in the States, and, okay. I, and we're on that path. Um, we should be known to be cutting edge in the way a fan can absorb the sport. We don't have to do every game in baseball, right? Mm-hmm. We've got right now 17 races, so, and there's so much data. We take 80 million data records off the cars wow. to our timing and scoring during the 500. Wow. But that's tables of data. Yeah. If I, if we could turn that into graphics and make it consumable, again, like I said, in a device on your hand or your uh, whatever uh, 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 hardware. We, we want to be a leader in that regard. It takes a lot of resources, but we've got a partner now that can help us do that. Um, I want the drivers to be better known. They are, as I mentioned earlier, I think just incredible from every respect. And um, part of growing the sport is having people understand that and be more more uh, partisan in who they support uh, because of the connections. Um, and, and then I think we have a big opportunity for some growth internationally. So... We see ourselves in that time frame up to five years being, as we are now, essentially a, a U.S. or North American series or league. But we've got really good name identification for the brand and followings in several countries. Mm-hmm. And we probably have global name recognition, maybe a micron deep, but very broad. Oh, yeah, Indianapolis 500. So we want to take advantage of that, and and that means finding the right balance of national and international drivers, which I couldn't be happier about right now. Maybe more international owners, which we are growing mm-hmm. right now, um, and and maybe we start our championship year a little earlier, like just after the Super Bowl, and add a race or two to begin the championship in February, and then we'll get to St. Petersburg, Florida in March, as mm-hmm. we are now, and stay until we okay. uh, crown our champion. So I think the more we do, not the more, but if we could get that done, that that is additional uh, fan engagement and industry uh, awareness that will lead to some more investment outside the state. So those are four or five of the top things. What about sports gambling? You know, you look at... I saw David Stern yesterday, and he said the three big things coming are sports gambling, esports, and cannabis. Those are his three. I don't think of it as cannabis so much as CBD oil <laughs> right, products. Right, right. Yeah. But sports gambling, I mean, you see the NFL and the NBA and the NHL, Major League Baseball, they all have data partnerships and sports yep. gambling partnerships. Is that something that you guys will look at in the future as far as having partnerships and kind of embracing where that is going? Absolutely. If you're in that business, 
any part of that fragmented industry, we've mm-hmm. already met with you at least once. Okay. We worked hard in lobbying for, in the Indiana General Assembly for the law that just passed at the end of this so-called session, uh, late um, April. So we now know what the framework looks like in Indiana, and it's interesting because it will include the ability for um, uh, online and mobile betting on sports, including motorsports. That means, and, and I, you know, what we really care about is the, the country and the world. Mm-hmm. But in Indianapolis, in a year, you could be sitting at the track and and betting if if in race bets right. are technically feasible. You can be betting on whatever happens the next lap while That's you're sitting there crazy. watching it. Yeah. Wow. But technically, there are some serious challenges. Yeah. I think, you know, our officiating is dynamic. We don't stop the race and say, okay, now, eight car, let the 12 <laughs> yeah. car pass you. <laughs> so sorting all that out real time, no latency and all that is, is, is challenging. But mm-hmm. no, it's an opportunity and we think it's, it is, you know, all about fan engagement. Yeah. Um, so it's coming. Uh, I'm sure David would have said the, uh, you know, the, the che- checkerboard, chessboard mosaic of legislation state by state makes right. it incredibly complicated. Yeah. We know that we're not the NFL or, or March Madness for volume, but yeah, we'll, we will be positioned to, I mean, uh, executing to make it available at least in Indiana mm-hmm. and therefore for any other state where it's legal mm-hmm. um, by next season. Mark Miles, the CEO of IndyCar. Good luck with the Indy 500 this weekend. Thanks for joining us on Sports Business Radio. Yeah, it's Radio. a pleasure. Let's do more often. I'll see okay. you in Portland. Yeah, that'd be great. Great. The Sports Business Radio podcast is brought to you by Blinder. Blinder is what savvy PR managers use in the bedroom or in their car, sometimes on the kitchen table, and especially in the office. Blinder is phone call magic. It lets you connect your media and fans directly to your athletes, coaches, and executives personal phones without sharing anyone's private information. And you can record or join any call with the click of a button. Remotely control your team's phone interviews, set start and finish times, monitor online or with the Blinder mobile app, and listen to a recording of the call at any time for your complete peace of mind. With Blinder, you're finally in control. The system works globally from any phone line. Scheduling a call takes seconds. Customizable, Push-button notifications ensure a connection, and no one needs to download anything to make or receive a call. Learn how to start your free trial by visiting blinderhq.com backslash sbradio. Now we're talking. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our show staff, Brian Griggs and Josh Blank. Thanks to our friends at Boingo Wireless for powering our Sports Business Radio Roadshow. Follow them online at boingo.com or on Twitter at Boingo. Thanks to Hadley Heck. She's a student athlete at Portland State University, and she's our new sports business radio intern. I want to welcome ZipRecruiter to our family of sponsors. Again, really happy to have them on board. My listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash SBR. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash SBR. Happy to have them on board. And we want to remind you all the great places you can get the Sports Business Radio podcast. We're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find Sports Business Radio. So download us for on-demand listening. Subscribe, rate, and review us as well. We always appreciate the reviews. Follow me on Twitter in between shows at SB Radio. Follow us on Instagram at Sports Business Radio. 
For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio.